You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Tuesday, 24 Jane Local Saki Confidence, due later today. It's not going to be a fun number. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with her caregivers, he's independent analyst. I want to touch on Renogen, which I hold. They finally got uh, liquid helium from their Virginia gas project and markets at all-time highs. Petri Redenhays from Herenia Capital Advisors. He turned bullish on U.S. indices. He was bearish pretty much all of last year, which was the right start. Is he now bullish? And then Dr. Thomas uh, Thomas Brenner, founder and CEO of Frank, getting kids interested in active savings and investing. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headline MoneyWeb, JSC closes above 80,000 points for the first time on the OSHA, 74,000 points on the top 40, propped up by mining industrials and financials, which leaves out property, I suppose. Uh, business day, the Fashini Group says load shedding is 2.6 times worse than in 2021. I think we can all relate. Group lost about 260 thousand trading hours during the first nine months of its financial year. Morning markets, the US was green, S&P up 1.2%, NASDAQ up 2.2%. Asia's green, Sydney up 0.4%, Tokyo up 1.6%. Commodities mostly green, gold 1,953, Brent 8826, Platinum 1,062, Palladium is your red at 1,717, Rand 1719, Bitcoin 33,000, Tencent still closed until Wednesday, top 40 opening call 370 points to the green, that is half a percent up. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Turning now with uh, Carl Gavers. He's an independent analyst. Carl, appreciate the early morning time. Renogen, uh, we call him a junior miner, I suppose, although it's starting to slowly uh, grow up. They finally announced yesterday that they're producing liquid helium from their Virginia gas project. I don't know how closely this is a stock you follow. Um, It's sort of one that divides people. It's it's got huge fans and then others who are just not convinced. You're taking the update. I mean, definitely positive. I imagine it's still a long way to go. I mean, phase two, most notably. Yeah, good morning, uh, Simon. Yeah, I think uh, Renogen is, is probably one of the more exciting stocks. You know, we haven't had any real greenfield developments in, 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 in the mining sector in general. And here we've got a, a gas uh, a producer, which is a pretty unknown uh, entity mm. in or, you know, quantity in, in, in South Africa on, on, on the JSC. So I think... Uh, you know, it's been. It's. I think uh, the CEO um, has uh, Stefano has done quite a good job in marketing the company um, and and get, creating awareness and and um, certainly the the fact that they've now reached the production in terms of their their helium, which is their the key product that they um, that differentiates them. Um, it's certainly a, a big milestone, especially after the delays. So it's you know more than a year delay, and you can see yeah. the share price of the last year came under a bit of pressure as people started questioning whether it will it will deliver. But certainly the reaction nine percent up yesterday, um, I think a, a certain uh, you know bringing some certainty in terms of the uh, the outcome going forward. So phase one starting now. The big question will be on on phase two, which is significantly bigger. A lot more capital required, but I think 
phase one proof of concept, you know, it, it certainly brings a lot, it de-risks the, the, the entire thing quite a bit. Yeah, it is that proof of concept. And yep, the price was about 45 rand in April, uh, which was when we expected phase one to, to go live. Um, and it was all the way down at 24 before yesterday's announcement. A quick last question. As I said in the intro, the uh, all share index, 80,000, first time ever closing, uh, top 40, 74,000. It's been a great start to the year. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love green markets. I love bullish markets. Does it feel a little overdone to you or are you sitting Confident, comfy, and happy with current markets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, one's certainly happy when the markets are up, but uh, I think it's probably a bit, uh, a bit overdone for for now. I think there, there's going to be volatility, mm-hmm. and we'll probably see some uh, some pullback in, in the next couple of months, uh, definitely. We'll leave that there. That's Kyle Cargave, he's independent analyst, chatting there. Renegin and uh, all-time highs. Nothing uh, disliking about all-time highs. Appreciate the early morning. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Uh, we're just getting Petri Radenhaus on the line here, of course, from Herenia Capital Advisors. Um, I'm going to chat. He did his uh, a weekend update, which he does, I suppose, every weekend. It's been a weekend update. Um, the big picture really was around China. In fact, he titles it China waking up. And that certainly is, is the evidence we're seeing. Um, but a, a fair bit of, of other charts and the like that he got uh, pulling through all of money sitting, just a, you know, record flows coming into EM's equities and debt from that China reopening. Uh, and and this is records going back, what, 15 years to the global financial crisis. Um, and a, 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 a wall of money, as I, as I talk, I mean, and we often see this where this point in the market, folks really have bailed, um, got out, sitting in cash, and at some point, that money needs to start coming back into the market, and then things get real. Um, but the key one was the S&P 500. Uh, Petri, appreciate your time this morning. The chart you put out on, which you would have done on, on, on Sunday evening, um, and, and you had been pretty much all of last year, you were bearish, and that was absolutely the place to be on, on U.S. market. Sunday this weekend, you were saying, hang on a sec, maybe it's time to actually start becoming a little more, a little more bullish. <laughs> Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, well, I mean, I just I just follow the market, right? Um, I think the key really is to just uh, allow the charts to unfold. And if you look at that S and P five hundred chart that you mentioned, mm. uh, sort of leading into this, you know, we've been in a very strong. I think that everybody can almost, if you close your eyes, you can see that trend line, right? So we don't even have to look at a chart to see, uh, you know, the trend line that's been in place for essentially 12 months. We've tested that trend line now six times. Uh, and then yesterday we actually managed to close above it. So I think the question that I asked in the in the weekly game plan on Sunday uh, or on the Sunday blog post was really, you know, around, okay, let's assume we're going to break this trend line, which we now did. Is this indicative of a trend change or is this just a short-term sort of bull trap and a squeeze and a fake breakout? Uh, and that question I can't answer 100% yet, but I do think that we have this really squeezy market at the moment where sentiment has been extremely negative. 
Uh, and for the first time, there are a few signs uh, that things are getting better. If you look particularly at inflation, it's starting to slow down. Emerging mm-hmm. markets are leading it lower. Uh, so we're starting to see a bit of disinflation, if you will. Um, you know, we're not anywhere near where, you know, prices will never really come down again. But the speed at which they accelerate, uh, yeah. you know, up will will slow down somewhat. And I think this is indicative that higher interest rates are starting to work, right? So we probably continue to see uh, a few interest rate adjustments to the upside, but the size of those interest rates, uh, you know, adjustments become smaller. Uh, and as that starts to happen, we, you know, these are these are good news things. And I think that there are there's, there's a huge amount of, of extremely poor negative uh, sentiment out there. And uh, obviously some very bearish positioning and any sign of good news that gets this market moving slightly higher could potentially trigger the short squeeze scenario where we could see the U.S. market particularly run really hard, really fast in a very short uh, space of time. Whether or not that's a sustainable trend change, time will tell, right? Even if it yeah. is, we might see uh, first this like very strong breakout from this trend line that we that we sort of started seeing yesterday, uh, followed by a bit of a pullback and a retest of that trend line potentially. Um, it'll take some time before the market makes a new high, but uh, we also have to remember that the market tends to lead the economic cycle by sort of six to nine months, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, if the market is starting to turn now, do we start seeing the, the end of this? And let's face it, the U.S. has been in a recession for some time now. Uh, yep, we yep. might not, you know, popular narrative might not be to accept that. Uh, but it has been, you know, according to the old textbooks, at least, <laughs> it's been in recession, right? So do we start seeing the market turning now as an early sign that potentially, uh, you know, the the economic headwinds are starting to come to an end? We can only hope so. Yeah, and, and, and there's lots out there. I mean, you, you, you mentioned in, in the blog post the, up, the, the opening of China. I mentioned in the intro there as well uh, around the, the, the wall of money that is that is sort of sitting on the sides. And I take your point. I mean, I know that, that there's an official team who would, de- would declare a recession. But to me, you know, they've had their two negative quarters. Uh, that, to me, is, is, is then a, a recession. And I was just pondering. I mean, it is that good news slowly starting to, 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 to filter in. It's going to perhaps be very rocky. It's not going to be a straight line. It never is. It's going to be challenging. But but there is reason to be positive. Whereas perhaps uh, sort of you know by the middle of last year, even the f- the first quarter of last year, there was lots to be very worried about. Yeah. Look, I think I, I think, and I don't want to say that this moment is like it was in the past. But if you remember, and it was a little bit before my day even. To, it was really mm-hmm. when I really just started getting involved with, with markets. But there was a green shoots comment by a gentleman called Alan Greenspan. Yeah, nineteen. Uh, yeah, I remember, it's two thousand and nine. That was it. I remember ninth of March. Yeah, two thousand and nine. Right. So I think that we're we're reaching that point, and that turns out to be the turning point in the market. Right. Um, I don't know whether or not we are approaching that moment where we can say, okay, you know, it's actually starting to look a bit better. Uh, China coming back online or waking up again and uh, kind of, okay, yes, they're on holiday now for the next two weeks. And, you know, there'll be, uh, you know, there'll be very little action from them. What's important to watch now, however, is how much they travel. I think, uh, you know, Mm. New Year's or Lunar New Year travel so far uh, and it's only been like a couple of days, but it's up something like 580% compared to last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's energy demand, right? Uh, it's also indicative that 
Um, we we potentially see them starting to roll back this extremely strict zero COVID policy and you know easing off on these crazy hard lockdowns. All of this stuff is really good. The industrial powerhouse is starting to wake up again. That's commodities demand. That's energy demand. Uh, it's really kind of getting back to that business as usual. And if that could potentially be one of the catalysts that we see, okay, well, you know, the engine has started again. Um, a lot of that supply chain pressure, a lot of that, uh, you know, lack of demand for commodities and for, for energy, all of these types of things can start to work itself out of the system. And, uh, you know, let's be, let's be honest, China is one of the biggest, you know, economies on earth, yeah. particularly from a production standpoint. Um, it's a good sign that they're coming back, you know, to work, if you will. Yeah, so yeah. that I think might be a big catalyst. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it 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 it, it it's second largest economy ever. Uh, it's the National Bureau of Economic Research. I had to Google it. They are the folks who officially declare a recession. In my view, two negative quarters. They've got it. We we'll leave it there. Petsy Roden has Herenia Capital Advisors. I uh, appreciate the time. And that's our question this morning on our LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, Petsy's b- bullish, uh, cautiously bullish. Let's be clear. But are you bullish on uh, U.S. markets? Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favour and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Jenny now with Dr. T- uh, Thomas Bremer. He's a, a founder of Frank, also the CEO there. Thomas, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, getting kids to, to, to become more money savvy, saving and, and investing. I mean, I, th- I think... Everyone agrees it's a it's a good idea. I think a lot of folks are like, but how do we do it? Kids want to go and you know swim in the pool when it's hot and have suckers and the like. Um, but it really is a large part of it is is just actually involving them in the truthfully a little bit tedious process of managing money as a family. Yeah, I think it's very important. I think the important factor is to know that kids are not stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about mm-hmm. delayed gratification where putting money in a piggy bank is going to equal the same amount of sweets at a later point in time. You really have to educate children to know that money has potential to grow. Uh, and that's really what we want to do. So it's sort of, you know, a savings account for children 2.0. And it is. I mean, it, it's a savings account. And, and I mean, it can even, uh, to, to, to a degree, be, 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 be some, some equity in there. But it is just, it, it's across everything. I mean, you, you make a point when, in an article you wrote just before Christmas. I mean, it's involving them in the family outings and, and, and budgeting for holidays and, and sort of getting them on board, which works in two ways, I suppose. You make them smarter. You also, you know, now they understand why they don't, you know, can't have seven ice creams because there's a, there's a finite amount. And it's those sort of things which need to be instilled into them. Agreed. And I think the important thing for us is realizing that having access or an awareness of what is happening with your money is really fundamental. And obviously with, you know, the Frank app, you have that convenience in your pocket. You know, you don't need to kind of, you know, get a statement and try and understand what's going on. You can literally just, you know, open the phone and the child can see what's happening with their savings, you know, so they can understand that actually putting some money aside from their pocket money, or whatever the case may be, actually is growing and that's you know, they can see that that growth potential. I think that's a the trigger moment. You know, that sort of education moment where 
you know, you change the the relationship with money. Uh, and I think for children, that's fundamentally important, especially to it as young as possible. I take your point on that. I mean, it, it's the technology. It's almost making it fun. I, I'm reminded, so when I was very young, we're going back to the 80s, I had an allied blue banking savings book, whatever they called it. Now I'd go to the branch every month and deposit my one rand, and at the end of three years, I got 40 rand. It was slow. It was tedious. It was boring. Technology, I mean, they can they can almost overdo it, but it, it, it becomes that, that, that fun component. It, it's not a gamification, but it's, it's, it's almost is in a way. Yeah, agreed. Well, we've actually taken it to that next point. We have actually gamified savings. Mm-hmm. We call it a boost engine, and we try to encourage people to stick to their sort of regular contributions and deposits. And the way it works is, you know, every week there's an opportunity to, to play and to earn some money. So, you know, if you make your deposit that week, for example, uh, you'll enter into a lottery and you could double your deposit. It's not, uh, you know, talking extraordinary amounts of money, but it's not sure. playing the lotto. You're actually trying to create a habit out of savings um, that really is in the, you know, the child and the individual's best interest. And one of the challenges I imagine that you had is, is around fees, because we're going to be talking small amounts here. I mean, these kids aren't going to be dropping thousands of rands in, and a lot of the financial system is designed for bigger amounts, and, and therefore in smaller amounts, fees can really hurt. How have you managed that challenge? Well, you know, fundamentally, that's what Frank um, has overcome. And obviously, we're doing that by using technology. You know, we don't have a sort of a, an expensive distribution system. People can really just go to the app stores, download the app, and get going. And by virtue of leveraging that technology, we can offer lower fees. So we just charge a simple sort of 1% all-in fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on money invested. Uh, and so for the child's account, you know, if they have 100 rand sitting with us, for example, you know, they'll be paying us one rand per year. So we don't want to obviously undermine earnings because, as you know, higher fees take away and eat into returns. Um, We want people to invest with us for the long term, obviously, and see their money grow over time. And, and and the last point that you had made in, in, in the article you wrote, as I said, was really also around around role modeling because that's hugely important to kids and, and finding folks who, 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 who they can almost look up to in, in terms of how they manage the money. And that's obviously, in an ideal world, that's the parent, but even just broader than that too because kids do want to and do indeed uh, uh, look up to and engage with adults. Indeed. And I think it's you know a reality that parents have to face is that this is happening more and more now on social media. And obviously, yeah. you want positive role models instead of sort of negative role models. You know, you don't want to see, you know, whether that's young adults or, you know, university students going to, you know, kind of crypto exchanges and trying to kind of use technical analysis, you mm-hmm. know, double their money in a week, which, sure, it may happen, but, you know, the odds are equivalent, you know, to the lotto. So you really want people being like, no, actually, this is my savings habit. This is when I started. You know, I chose this. Uh, strategy because I'm thinking long term uh, and here's been you know the growth of my money over time and my commitment to this goal that's a positive role model um, and we really need to empower uh, children to be able to play that role uh, for others you know coming the generation after yeah, I've been spending some time on TikTok. Yo, there are some, there's some dodgy stuff happening there in terms of, as you say, how to double your money by the weekend. Uh, we'll leave it there, Dr. Thomas Bremer. He is founder and CEO of Frank Appreciate the Early Morning. That's it for today. Yesterday we were chatting with Nikunz of Sunlam Private Wealth, talking around that Mr. Price trading update. That was weak. Uh, Studio 88, which is the new acquisition, saved him. But aside from that, it was absolutely weak. Stock was down around 7% on Friday. The question we asked was, 
Is there value in Mr. Price? The majority of you said yes. Uh, the rest was split between uh, preferring other clothing retailers, uh, saying no, it's expensive for perhaps no local retail for you. But absolutely, the majority are liking Mr. Price. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Crypto. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.